Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I need this man to tear all my clothes off. Work, work. Exterminate! Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to TalkCast 72 in keeping with tonight's theme of paranormal romance. It's the sci-fi after Valentine's Day spectacular. Deep in Area 51 at the Underground Fembot Refurbishing and Resuscitation Clinic, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth, our own conversation heart writer. She is personally responsible for the I Heart You Heart. It's Kriana. Heart. Exploding hearts of love. If you don't know how to make a exploding heart, it's a less than sign and then the number symbol. Joining us tonight from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, it's the man who steals hearts for a living, Illustrator X. Don't make plans for this evening, Dome, because tonight I'm fracking you. And the woman who eats hearts just for the blood of it, it's the dead redhead. He already stole my heart, so... Uh, I keep it in a jar in the basement. He does. Abby, normal? Anyway. <laughs> you know why I love this cast? is because somebody always says what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our own special Mr. Heartbreaker himself, Drink It Up for a Wake by Java. No one does it better than I do. Except for maybe Superman. Our guest tonight is paranormal romance writer H.P. Mallory. She's going to talk about her unique, funny, and sort of dramatically sexy novels. Hi, H.P. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> we we kind of discussed how we were going to introduce you for about half an hour and decided, that's it. Unique, <laughs> funny, but sort of dramatic, sexy novels. And we're leaving it there. <laughs> Welcome to the talk cast. We're going to head into the news portion of the show. And to start off the news portion of the show, Nathan and... Th oh, before we do that, happy birthday to Sarah Richard, artist extraordinaire. Sarah, if you're listening tonight, can we sing happy birthday? No, probably not. But, no, uh, let's, let's not go there. We don't want no, X to no. sing. before and the cats are still deaf. God, let's be <laughs> the FCC doesn't listen. Yeah, they would fine us for that one. You think? Yeah. Worse than a nip slip. <laughs> oh my. What do you think this is? Howard Stern hey, you know what? A nip slip is a lot more fun. If we're going to get fined, we might as well earn it. Maybe we'll do it for that. Thank you. But how would they know on radio? <laughs> Good point. I don't know. We could tell them. I don't, I don't no, know. No, I don't know. <laughs> Awkward. Don't get those well, stuffed please. shirts all excited. <laughs> Well said. <laughs> oh, what was that next comment, Dome? Not a word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not saying a damn thing at this point. You know what? I'm, my ass is going to be in enough trouble come the second half of the show. I'm just keeping it clean right now. Shall we move on to Double Midnight Comics then? Dear Double it Midnight Comics, 
Do you know who makes the best actors? Let me guess. Podcast. Podcast people. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what would make you think that. Why are they making a movie? They are indeed. Maybe. They are back in the filmmaking game. They are making, according to their uh, their weekly little podcast, uh, they are making a movie this summer called The Unseen. It's supposed to be a comic book themed movie. Can't imagine that from a comic book store. The sexy and, unseen. And uh, well, once sexy we get comedy. once we get in front of the cameras, oh yeah, in your pants, and, uh, sex <laughs> robot. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) So, Devil Midnight, you you need us. Yes, every so all of our fans in the New England area, please go to dmcomics.com. Talk to the guys at Double Midnight. See about Twitter feed. Check the tweets. They need us in their new movie. That's right. Yes. Oh, and and congratulate them for going ahead when making movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, speaking of new filming projects, is there a new film? No, oh. maybe maybe a resurgence of an old TV series, perhaps. <gasps> we we can only hope. We oh my only... gosh, this oh, would be this would be possibly the coolest rebirth of a series ever. Ever. And what we're talking about is some rather off-handed comments. Made by Nathan Fillion over the past week or so. Dear Nathan Fillion, Firefly. You are so hot. (laughs) You are on my celebrity list. And yeah, you know what list I'm talking about. (laughs) We all do. Don't play dumb. Okay, FCC. There isn't any. (laughs) Oh, that's right. We don't have to worry about it. What was it? So basically, someone someone, uh, said that uh, Firefly reruns are going to start coming back on the Science Channel? Yes, and they're going to have a physicist, like an actual honest-to-God physicist in between, explaining, you know, what's plausible, what's not, how could we make stuff happen about the Firefly series, which, hello, really cool, nerdgasm. And this (laughs) this is why the Science Channel... Doesn't spell science with an I or with a Y. Says the English teacher. <laughs> In your pants. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward robot. <laughs> I'm such a tool. You know, the only thing that could make that cooler is if the physicist was Stanton Friedman. <laughs> That, that's true, but but the physicist is a pretty cool guy. I mean, so but I mean, here's here's how it here's how it went down. Billion makes this offhanded comment and basically says, you know, if somebody said to me, would I do the show again and do it right this time? I'd do it in a heartbeat. Do it right? Nothing. It was done right the first time. That's right. What he what he meant was without the interference. Yeah, screw you, Fox. <laughs> Um, that was he me said, spitting at Fox. <laughs> he was in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, and you know he basically said he loved the part, and um, he said if he won the lottery, you know, if he had three hundred million dollars, the first thing that he would do is to buy the rights to Firefly. And now there's a there's a movement out there that says help Nathan Fillion get the rights to Firefly because That's he great. would he would he says he would make it on his own and distribute it on the internet. And you know what? 
I think that would be brilliant. Hells to the yes. And what makes <laughs> what makes it even cooler is that Joan Esperson, who was one of the major Jane, writers Jane for Firefly, Jane. Jane Esperson. Yes. Nice. Resident, now we're not getting her on the show. <laughs> <laughs> read the Thanks. tweet and said, if you want me, I'm in. Oh, my. And so many people are. I, I don't know if you guys watch Community. Uh, it's a great show. You should. It but is. Very funny show. Danny Glover, or, um, yeah, Danny Glover is on it, and he's, he's hilarious, along with a bunch of other really great actors. But um, they, they did something, you know, this week, and they said they, they did a, you know, we're going to get Firefly back on the air. And it's just that, that comment kind of got me thinking. You know, there is such a big population of people who want Firefly to be back on the air that it would do amazing business if it was distributed on the internet, made. I mean, I, I, would, I would throw money at that project. Give me a chance to throw money there. I will do it. Yes. Well, you know, it, it's yeah. a very simple process. When you look at, at the Guild and how well that's performed as, as a clear web series. Yes. And you look at even yeah. Mind's Eye, which, you know, is, is not quite where the Guild is, and they're doing marvelously well as a web series. There's, there's a lot to be said for opening that as a venue, and Joss has already done this with, oh, let me see, Dr. Horrible? Which, which yep. by the way, for everyone who says that it's an, not a valid business model, he had a DVD that came out of Dr. Horrible, and it sold. It sold millions oh, yeah. of copies. I personally oh. bought it on iTunes, but... Actually, so did I. <laughs> I, I have it. zero I problem throwing money at people who deserve it, who aren't I, assholes. I bought Dr. Horrible on iTunes like three times. Wow. <laughs> you know, we You're just trying to run, one-up us now. It's not cool, man. A, <laughs> we got it as a gift from a friend of ours who was offended that we didn't already own it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we ended up giving it out as gifts for some other people. So, yeah. And you know what's nice is the fact that there is precedent. Remember, Family Guy got canned after the first season? Yup, and the, no, after the third season, and then it came season. back. Triumphant Return. Futurama. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. With all original cast. Yep, that's true. Fabulous. No, and as we were discussing thought, before the show, it would be really easy to bring back Wash and bring back the Preacher by simply stating the series happens before the movie. Movie. Absolutely. It's all a dream. Oh, by the oh, way, yeah. but spoiler the, the alert. Movie, the movie this includes... Is not Dallas. Stop it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't go spoiler alert on me. Yeah. If they haven't seen the fracking movie, go see the fracking movie. Frack you! No, sorry. The movie, the movie does, the movie does reimagine things from the series, but I, I just think that it's a fabulous idea, and I'm totally behind it. And he, despite yeah. my teacher's salary, I will throw money at that project. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. I'll throw money at it too. I will throw, I will throw money at it. I'll, I'll volunteer my time for it. I'll throw my body at it. Oh wow. maybe. Throw the dome's money at it. I will <laughs> belly dance for it. Oh, I. <laughs> I will stop wearing pants because of this. <laughs> I will pledge to go commando for an entire week. Okay, wait a minute, both of you. That would be different how. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want these people to ever put pants on again, send your money. <laughs> I feel you know like what? this needs to be like an actual fundraiser. Like, 
I don't uh, wear pants until I, I, I didn't want to have to, uh, you know, pull the curtain behind, so to speak, but I'm not wearing pants right now. Oh, jeez. If by the end of this episode, we raise $300 million. Too oh. much information. <laughs> Awkward. Speaking of, speaking of people who don't wear pants. Sex party. <laughs> Apparently, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to know where he's going with this. <laughs> Sex apparently, robot. Apparently, I for was, the uh, the I, spandex inclined among us, those of us who have been affected by the radiation of our yellow sun or have been bit by various radioactive bugs, there is now a place for them to find love. Oh. There is indeed. Wow. <laughs> Superharmony.com. Okay. You know what? I, it is my mission to get Dean Kamen to sponsor us because that way, Java, you get a free Segway. <laughs> free Segway? the Segways. Actually, we're going to post the link to superharmony.com, which is probably one of the funniest parodies I've seen this week. Kinky. And, and then, uh, unfortunately... I was shown a parody right before we went on tonight. Uh, and what was that one? Uh, da, 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 da. As I said earlier, tonight I'm fracking you. That's Woo! the one. Wait, 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 wait. All right, so if you haven't heard the song, get your ass over to YouTube. It's heli- We'll watch the Big Bang Theory, he just said. <laughs> You'll ride my TARDIS and call me Doctor Who. Could that oh, be any cooler? Okay. And Raj from the Big Bang Theory is actually in the video, which sort of renews my confidence in the series after what's Jim Parsons yeah. on Craig. Yeah. Now, Zoe- I-, I can tell you that that is my new ringtone. I'm just. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! And if it, if it wasn't awesome enough, Zoe from Caprica in a slave Leia outfit. Yeah, that was really show. attractive. Like, <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> really attractive. Like more attractive than it needed to be. But I'm not complaining. So I mean, this week we've had two really, really interesting uh, YouTube parodies. Uh, it's actually, you know, and my personal favorite, however, is the fact that I can buy Natalie Portman's pants. <laughs> For God's sake, man. We're saving up to bring back Firefly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's Natalie Portman's pants. Yes, it is. Well, it's also Chris Hemsworth's as well. Uh, eh. you, you can buy the clothes that were worn during the making of the Thor movie. Available in teeny tiny little sections for huge amounts of money. <laughs> yeah, but how do you know which section you're getting? Because some of them might be worth something and some of them might not be. <laughs> I mean, wow. who who wants a freaking hem? I mean, come on. <laughs> a hem? Oh, my. <laughs> there were so many what. answers to that that I just I, am I, not. Um, I'm, I'm not. Oh. No, you're not. No. No. Speaking of speaking of things worn by superheroes though, uh apparently during his audition for the new Superman movie, 
Henry Cavill auditioned in a replica Christopher Reeves era Superman costume. That's just freaking creepy. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's just freaking creepy. That that's worse than what's her name coming in with the Catwoman outfit on. Oh, Anne Hathaway? No, 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 no. I'm still kinda mad about that. Now that'll be fine, trust me. Oh yeah, from Blade Runner. Um Yes. Um Yeah, the crazy chick from Blade Runner. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about this this story, because I thought, okay, this is stupid. This is a stupid story meant to get page views. But then I read it, uh, you know, so I could feed the page views. And <laughs> here's, here's what Zack Snyder said. Uh, he said he wanted to see possible Superman in the old school suit from the Christopher Reeves era. And so they put Henry Cavill in, into the suit. And he says, if you can put that on that suit and pull it off, it's an awesome achievement. He walked out and no one laughed. You know, it, it's it's this weird thing. Like that that is not a a serious costume. You know, no, it's it not, isn't. There, there, that's it's it's absolutely ridiculous in its uh, it's it's in its campy uh, you know make its colors and its its cut. It looks campy. It's the kind of thing you would see on an eight year old on Halloween night. But he said yeah. when. When Henry Cavill put it on, he, for some reason, didn't look like a joke, and everybody agreed that he looked like Superman. Now I've been. That can be arranged. It's a miracle of science, everybody. I'm on the fence about Henry Cavill as Superman. I am because he doesn't look like a Superman. I gotta see him, you know. But you know, this kind of news just gets me a little bit more excited about the whole idea. Mm. See, I... Unlike how the dead redhead feels about the whole Wonder Woman thing. Oh, oh that's right. There's a new Wonder Woman this week. Uh. Are we, we going to talk about this? Because I just I just hear uh, this this sound from dead redhead going. Ah! Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what you hear. That's exactly what you hear. Oh, uh, okay, Wonder Woman. Take it away. I mean, everybody got in my case when I said Anne Hathaway is going to be okay as Catwoman. Let's talk about Wonder Woman and why it isn't going to work. I think it's going to work. You know why? Everyone hated Human Target. Yeah, and we still do. <laughs> no, we do not. Human Target <laughs> is cool. Uh-huh. No. You know, all I'm going to say is if... <sighs> Human <laughs> Target is cool. It's it's it lives. Okay, pushing daisies had to be canceled for Human Target to live. What's what's wrong with Adrian Palicki? She doesn't look like Wonder Woman. Look anything like a Greek princess? Okay, so so I get it. You want a Wonder Woman who has a mustache and amazingly (laughs) bushy pubic hair. Wow. I think she'll make a great Wonder Woman. I'm up for it. She's hot. See, uh, I'm kind of agreeing with Dead Redhead, but not just at the looks thing, uh, even though I don't think she's she's going to make it work. Uh, I, I, think, I think the whole thing is a flawed project, and I think yeah. it's a bad idea. Give it a chance. Yeah. You never know, it might be kind of hot. Wait, Wait until I you think... see those breasts encased in the gold 
costume. That and, won't do much for uh, me, Java. I'm sorry, but <laughs> wait, no, 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 no. Go so on you with say now. So you say now. <laughs> Just wait. You know, everyone was really apprehensive whenever the doctor changes actors. But you know what? They always seem to pull it off. Well, except for number six, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well. Know, but, at, at all right. Point, He's the exception that proves wait. the rule. At this okay, point, I've... it's this this whole Wonder Woman thing is going through. So you know what? Yeah. Uh, I'm Sit tired back. Of being... Enjoy Let's... the naked pictures, okay? <laughs> Okay, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I haven't even enjoyed the comic since the the lead, since my beloved George left the series in the late eighties. Nobody has been able to write the comic properly, and yet so were, I doubt that anybody's going to be able to do this. But you were still buying it for the next twenty years. I had hope, and my hopes were dashed every yeah, but, time. Okay. This issue sucks. Maybe the next one will be good. This issue, but sucks. you know what? Maybe. On on the positive side here David <laughs> E. Kelly is writing the script and well, Rainer is, is directing the pilot okay yes. so I mean there's some quality in terms of what the possibilities are the talk okay. that I'm hearing about the script however kind of makes me a little queasy you know, okay, you know what makes it wait. up for it though boobs <laughs> here here hello I, I've been She's not I, just boobs, guys. Wait, I've been dying no, no, to ask. She is. She's just boobs. <laughs> yeah, she pretty much is just boobs. She has nice lips, though. I'll give her that. Nice backside, too. But <laughs> listen. <laughs> wait. All right, so speaking of, of TNA, uh, the Green Hornet <laughs> director's next project. <laughs> is supposedly Philip K. Dick's novel, Ubik. Now, Dome... As yeah. a diehard, as a diehard dick, dome. Yes, I am. Diehard <laughs> dickhead. How do you dick. feel about this? <laughs> okay, there, there's a part of me that says uh, Philip K. Dick's novels have to be treated very differently than most everything else when it comes to doing them. Uh, I think Blade Runner is a perfect example of. Philip K. Dick's work taken out of his work to make what is a, a monumentally good movie. Uh, by the same token, it all depends on who's doing it, how it's being done. I'm actually looking forward to it because there's damn little enough brand new, good quality movies being made, and I'd like to see that happen here. Here, here. So when you were watching Green Hornet, you said to yourself, now here's someone who can handle Philip K. Dick. No, I absolutely said the exact opposite. <laughs> but then again, that is the right. same person who directed what else? Eternal Sunshine of the whatever Sunshine. else it was. Sex party. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my thought. I don't think Philip K. Dick can be filmed. Because even Blade Runner was so fundamentally different from the book. I mean, not even the term Blade Runner is in the book. You're absolutely right. But you know what? It worked for it because it was the spirit of the book, not the letter of the book. And for Philip K. Dick, that works a lot better. For Tolkien, that doesn't work. It's kind of like when they did mm. Naked Lunch. I mean, you couldn't do Naked Lunch word for word from that book. But the absolutely way that it was not. done, absolutely. it was watchable. And that was a film starring Peter Weller. And, uh, yes, it was. <laughs> yes. I'm going to just pass that out there. 
We're so, not talking about porn. So if uh, if we're we're on the fence about Ubik, um, how do we feel about the rewrite of Akira? Uh, <laughs> I pretty much think that says it all. Okay then. Uh, oh yay! I, I I'm sorry. I I really don't know. I, I don't care. I mean, I, Akira is great, but. Here's the thing. I don't think that any work that is based on another work is going to degrade the original work at all. Okay, so, Does that make so sense? are you for it or against it? Uh, that's yeah. what I don't Hey, hey take a shot. Uh, a live-action Akira might be a really fun. Or yeah, I, it probably won't. I mean, well, it, think about the, the names that have... Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. James Franco, Mila Kunis, and Brad Pitt were all offered roles, but no one has taken it. And um, it's really interesting that those that they, they really want a big name on this project, but they haven't gotten one yet. And so what they just announced is that Steve Cloves, who uh, is a screenwriter for Harry Potter, is going to rewrite the script for live action. Nice. I don't think Phil. I don't. I don't think Akira when I see Harry Potter. Mm. I just don't. Well, <laughs> you know what? I could be, I could Gryffindor. Be I, I don't oh, see Akira as live action either, and yet, you know what? Uh, it's it's but, kind of interesting. It, what I it's would like one of those see, things that just might work. I would like to see Akira as an ongoing series, like maybe take four years of to film it on AMC or something, and do, take it direct from the manga because. The film Akira only covers roughly, roughly the first quarter to first third of the series, and they slap an ending on it. And yeah. The, yeah. the books just go on and on beyond that, and it's so detailed and so good. And okay, I'm and just, for those of you who haven't read Akira, uh, head down to your uh, comic book store and go to Double Midnight. Yeah, drop drop a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Double Midnight is going to need it because apparently they've got a movie on the yeah, way. Yeah, we, we already talked about that. We already covered that. Yes. I know. I just, <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, are you paying attention? Did you, like, get high no. and fall asleep? <laughs> I was just I, I was just mentioning it, and I was just going to say that, you know, the bigger the bul- budget, the more they can uh, afford. <laughs> the some... bigger the bulge? <laughs> That's what because, I heard. Speaking oh. of big bulges, apparently Detroit is going to get a RoboCop statue. <laughs> okay, king of the segways. <laughs> Speaking of big bulges, this is, this is a really this is a really neat story. Okay, so there's, nobody's there's, taking you seriously at this point, but go ahead. <laughs> there was this rumor going around that Detroit was going to get this RoboCop statue because sex robot. Because you know it's it's a part of the city. It's a part of the city's history, pop culture, blah blah blah. And so their uh, mayor, who's some you know ex NBA player, whatever, was like, no, 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 no. We're not getting a RoboCop statue. And then everybody was like, we're not getting a RoboCop statue. Screw you, mayor. What's your face with? That's right. Yeah. Mayor, what's your face? Whatever the mayor of that city is. You've got really big shoes, mayor. Uh, the the whole I- <laughs> and so there was a fundraiser and they raised fifty thousand dollars and now Detroit is getting a RoboCop statue. Woo! 
Hell to the yes. So what we need to do is do a fundraiser for a RoboCop statue and donate the proceeds to Firefly. There we go. (laughs) Okay, I think we're getting totally out of hand here. And you know what that means, don't you? It's time for the wheel of insert noun here. It's time for the wheel of insert noun here. Wait, 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 wait a minute. We the wheel have of time. bulge. Is there anything else? Balls. Balls? The wheel of balls? Is that called bingo? <laughs> Watch out. It's the prisoner. They're coming for you. It's the You gotta stop the wheel. There you go. <laughs> Whoops. He had a slight wheel malfunction. It, it was a verb, not a noun. We had to restart uh, it. Of insert random now wheel is Mr. Washi, who wrote a slightly Woo! short uh, uh, comparatively essay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and to join the fun next week, write an essay for us. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait, 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 wait. What does Mr. Washi won? Mr. Washi has won a we, bender glass. Yeah, we have no idea. He won something. We'll <laughs> figure it out. We have, Mr. you know. Washi has won a bender glass. Uh, episodes one and two, actually, uh, seasons one and two, six six four, Neighbor of the Beast, and and. Go. Star Trek temporary tattoos. <laughs> Excellent. Now, for you know, those of you who have never seen it, when we when we go to Comic Con, we like to promote everyone that we possibly can. So people just throw stuff at us, and we come back from all of these cons, and we just have boxes of stuff. And then occasionally, when we go out, we just find stuff that's so cool that we just have to give it away. So like Dome literally has boxes and boxes of stuff that we want to give away. So yes. ev- every time we don't get a comment on a TalkCast to give something away, um, an angel cries. Well, first, wait. well, first of all, we cry. <laughs> well, we and, cry, but nobody cares about that. <laughs> and Dome gets one week closer to being on Hoarders. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's It's like I have a doppelganger. <laughs> okay, well, there was that. <laughs> See, now I'm the queen of segues. There was that. Next. <laughs> uh, is HP still here? I'm here. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Did we scare the crap out of you? Scared the hell out of her. I haven't dropped off yet. Okay, good. That hour is not long enough to build an escape tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. At least not with a teaspoon. <laughs> so let's welcome back our guest tonight, paranormal romance writer H.P. Mallory. How are you, darling? Hi, everybody. I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Well, I got to <laughs> you say that now, it may change. <laughs> no. H.P. Mallory has three books currently out Cauldron, Fire Burning Cauldron Bubble, Toil and Trouble, and To Kill a Warlock. Now, now there, there's a name attached to To Kill a Warlock, but I couldn't even try to pronounce it. Can you tell us how? Oh, I think maybe you're thinking of the, the main character, Dulcie? Yeah, that one. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Actually, a lot of people have had trouble with that. But it's pronounced Dulce. Dulce. I'm thinking in, in Italian, I guess it, the C Dolce. followed by a vowel is a, a 
ch sound, so I was confused. Yeah. But Jolie yeah. is the character attached to the other two books. Jolie Wilkins. Yeah, exactly. Yep, you got it. And right now we have book one, which is Fireburn and Cauldron Bubble, and book two, Toil and Trouble. Interestingly, taken from Shakespeare. Yeah. Any, from... any Shakespearean reason for that? Um, well, I am a big literature fan, and I was uh, an English major in school, and I've always loved Shakespeare, so I thought it would be kind of fitting to name my two books, which are about witches, after um, a couple lines in the witch's chant from Macbeth. So that's where that came from. And it's interesting to note, as this is a paranormal romance, that Jolie Wilkins is indeed a witch. Yep. (laughs) 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 I don't really know where to go with that one, but I'll just agree. (laughs) You don't have to go anywhere with it. So, <laughs> how, how did you get started writing this um, style of novel? Well, I, I've kind of, I've always wanted to be a writer ever since I was little, and I, I think life kind of got in the way for a while. Um, and then about four or five years ago, I was living in uh, Cambridge in England, and because my, my husband's job had relocated us over there, and I didn't have a full-time job, and I kind of found myself with a lot of time and not a lot to fill it with. So I sat down and thought, you know, I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to write a novel. Um, And I just started writing a story as it came to me. I didn't outline it or anything. And that was Jolie's story. And um, so after that, I went about trying to get an agent, was able to get one and was super excited thinking that you know, here was the start of my career as a writer, and it pretty much fell through. So I ended up, I also had written To Kill a Warlock by that time, and so I ended up sitting on both manuscripts for about, yeah, about four or five years. And then last July, um, after hearing about other super successful uh, Kindle self-published authors, I finally just decided to, to upload both of them, and it literally has completely changed the course of my life. So I'm a, it's definitely one of the best decisions I've made so far. So you went from self-publishing these as a Kindle author to right. Random House picking you up? Yeah. It's, it's, it really, like, the last six months have just been crazy for me. Um, Random House had contacted me, and they had... Uh, found the Jolie series, really liked them, and so now I, I've agreed to uh, books three, four, and five in the Jolie series, which will be coming out next year, uh, courtesy of Random House and their Bantam imprint. So it's, I, 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 like five years ago, I just never <laughs> would have imagined that this would happen. It's, it literally blows me away every day. How cool is that? Seriously. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, 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 I feel like it's a dream. I really do. And it's just, it, the most amazing thing, though, is when people email me and they tell me that they love my books. It's just, it's the coolest feeling ever. I can't even really begin to explain it. And I have so many just amazing readers out there who have touched me on so many personal levels. And I just really feel like such a lucky person. I really do. And, and that's kind of how you and I met as well, because I just sent you like a total fanboy email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
And, and the reason I did, and I got to tell you, is uh, we've got we've got another English teacher uh, as as part of the cast here, uh, Java. But I mean, I taught lit for twenty years. And oh, really? Absolutely. And one, and I'm a, the science fiction guy. I, I've like been reading and and dealing with science fiction for oh, way way longer than I should have. <laughs> and one of the things that that caught me about when I first read uh, Fire Burning Cauldron Bubble is that you know I was getting into the book and I'm going, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. This is interesting. And all of a sudden, maybe about 20 or 30 pages into the book, I actually started caring about Julie Wilkins. And I really began to understand her character and what she was doing. That's super, super cool. I can't even tell you what an awesome thing that, that is to hear. And yeah, X and I were talking prior to the, the show. X, you still there? I am. And you kind of said the same thing, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. You, you guys just let me hang here and do this all myself, aren't you, tonight? Awesome. I am sorry. I'm, I'm kind of multitasking while we're on because I was like, this this one's all domes. <laughs> I, I really, I mean, I got to admit, I have not read a full book yet, but I ha- what I have read of your books so far this afternoon, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and it's, I'm really looking forward to, to getting the full books here. These are great. And I'm, it's nice to just discover. It's like, well, this is nice. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, I'm on page 50. <laughs> you know, it's well, nice to lose you. yourself in a book. And Absolutely. You, your characters lend themselves to do that because one of the things that you've done that, that a lot of writers just don't do anymore is they, they give you a really well-fleshed-out character. Jolie Wilkins, Rand, uh, uh, Krista, <laughs> they're terrific characters. And when you hear them talk and you hear them interact with each other, you can actually hear the voices. I mean, they're that well put together. It's just so much fun to read. Well, thank you. That, thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. So let's talk about uh, Jolie Wilkins for a little bit. Where did where did the idea for now Jolie Wilkins starts out in book one as a fortune teller, essentially, right, right. Who has a little bit of a paranormal ability? She thinks in that she's seen auras around people her entire life. Doesn't really know what it means, but just kind of gets feelings about them. But basically, is a tarot card reader and reads people's fortunes. So how did you how did Jolie come about? Well, basically I I've been reading urban fantasy and paranormal romance for a really long time and they're definitely series that I really enjoyed. But the thing that I kept noticing about all of them is that all the heroines were these kind of untouchable people. They were super strong, super confident, they didn't need a man. You know, they just were these people that I couldn't really relate to. I mean, I didn't know anybody like that. So the first thing that I 
really wanted to write in my heroine was somebody who has, you know, issues, is not perfect, is definitely kind of thinks of herself as the girl next door, the one who's overlooked, nothing, you know, super great about her. And I guess really what the, the books are about on a grander level is a woman learning what it means to love herself and realizing that, hey, you know, I am pretty cool. Mm. I've got these awesome things going on, and and I'm, I'm a force to be reckoned with. And I think, for me, the, the idea of self-discovery and realizing that you are a pretty cool person was, was really what I wanted the story to be about, because I felt like that was something that was sort of lacking in the other books that I was reading. And I, I felt like, for me at least, as a reader it would really help me to relate to a character if that character in some in some way was more like I am, I guess, for lack of a better description. Hmm. Sort of like Kathy Geiswhite with psychic powers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you took that out of left field. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> now, the interesting thing for me is that at the beginning of the first book, you have... Julie and Krista as these two inseparable best friends. They work together. They live together. Uh, and, and Julie is, oh, God, almost jealous of Krista and the way she's so self-assured and so relaxed and so easygoing. And at some point during that first book, that whole relationship flips. Right. Right. Well, and I think I, I kind of, I don't necessarily know that I was, if I would say Jolie is jealous of her, I think she's just more kind of just accepts the fact that Krista is the way she is and she's the flirt and she's going to get the attention and she just kind of, you know, just accepts it, that that's how it's going to be and this is the reality and loves her, you know, even even in spite of that. So, but yeah, definitely, like I said, I really wanted it to be an adventure in self-discovery. And then, then you have the grand muse in Rand. <laughs> Where did he come from? Um, oh, good old Rand. Uh, he is just sort of an amalgamation of everything that was hot in any sort of hot male character that I could think <laughs> of. I just, <laughs> I just sort of what? kind of brainstormed, okay, who am I attracted to? Why do I like them? Real people, fictional people, and Rand was born. It's kind uh, of a But dumb we've never answer. met. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> wow. You're putting me to shame right now. You really <laughs> It's kind of been interesting for me because, you know, I got to admit, this is not necessarily my genre of choice. And it's just totally sucked me in. Totally. Well, you I mean, know what's really funny? It's funny that you say that because I... And this might seem strange, but I never even really thought about the idea that I might have male readers. It just never really dawned on me. And so, and I actually have quite a few. And every time I hear from male readers, I, it, it always just sort of, it just, makes, it just makes me smile. Because I just, for some reason, I never really imagined that a guy would have any interest in my story at all. 
<laughs> I got to tell you, first of all, Jolie is hot. First of all, <laughs> let's just start there. She, you know, early on, early on, and, and about 40 pages into the first book, there's this wonderful uh, scene that you write in a, uh, uh, in a costume party. And, right. and I fell in love with her right there. <laughs> totally fell in love with her. She is a heart stealer. She's one of these women that breaks guys' hearts and never even knows it. Oh, yes. She, she absolutely is. And I got to tell you, you know, if a guy and I'm a guy, can get past, you know, this is a checkbook, which in fact it isn't, and lets himself get caught up in the characters because it's damn good writing, can sit there and go, holy crap, and that's exactly what happened to me. Well, that's just it. HP, do you, act, do you read comic books? You know what? It's funny. I never really got into comic books, but what I have read recently that I absolutely loved was um, the, I think it was the first two so far, graphic novels of the Anita Blake series. Uh, oh. Have you read uh, those? Dead, Dead Redhead. You've read those, right? Yes, I have. Yes. Yep. I, loved, uh, I loved the Anita Blake series up until about halfway before it got kind of weird. But I really loved the, the graphic novels. I just love I thought the artwork was incredible and just being able to put a, a visual to the story. I, I, I loved it. And, and someday I really hope to be able to do something like that with my books. Well, the reason I bring that up is, is your character reminds me of Maggie from Love and Rockets. And, uh, oh, I don't know holy if, crap, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Love and Rockets is one of the great indie comic series of all time. Yes. And uh, Jaime Hernandez's series, uh, Locas there, is so good. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter if who your readers are, male, female, you're writing from the heart. And ultimately it comes down to a good character. Well, and that's, I definitely am going to need to check those out. Oh, oh my god, wonderful. yeah. Well, you can actually skip book one, but uh, other than that, yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jaime, we'll have you on the show next week. <laughs> so, can can you do us a favor? Can we impose upon you to read a little section of your book? Yeah, absolutely. That's no problem. And I imagine you want the section about the party? That would be awesome. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> he okay, says, well, like, we didn't, plan this. <laughs> we didn't plan this. <laughs> the party! Um, okay, well, then I'll, I'll start, and then if you just want to stop me wherever so I don't bore all your, oh, don't tell your him that. Uh, listeners. <laughs> okay. I glanced at the clock on the dash of my car. Crap. It was five minutes to ten, and I remembered Bella had been very specific about being on time. I narrowed my eyes and leaned forward, peering through the dirty windshield. As luck would have it, I was out of window washer fluid, and the dirt road kicked up a cloud of dust that obscured my view. Maybe this was a bad omen. I shirked off the feeling, knowing full well that my washer fluid is never full. I'm not a very responsible car owner. 
My attention returned to the anxious humming in my stomach, and I couldn't help but wonder what kind of idiot drives out to the middle of nowhere alone to a party full of witches and vampires. I didn't want to answer the question. Well, idiot or no idiot, I was lost and running out of time. If I didn't see the house in five minutes, I'd take it as fate telling me not to go, something along the lines of the fox trying to get the grapes and upon not reaching them, deciding they would have been sour anyway. I rounded a bend, and a twinkle of lights in the distance interrupted the dark night. Depressing my foot from the accelerator, I turned onto a gravel drive. The house before me wasn't old or impressive like I'd imagined it would be. Instead, it was just a ranch house, probably built in the 70s. The driveway was long, and attendants were parking cars. Jags, BMWs, and Porsches littered the driveway, making my little Jetta look like scrap metal. But I reminded myself that material things didn't impress me. The valet opened the door and held out his hand. Thanks, I murmured, dropping my keys into his open palm. As fate would have it, the wings of my furry costume caught in my seatbelt, and I had to battle with both in order to free myself as the valet looked on, trying to choke back a laugh. So about my furry costume... Tinkerbell would have been proud with my mint green wings and strawberry pink dress, which I will admit was on the exceedingly short side. Most of the time, I'm not too keen about showing off the old bod, but when, when have you ever heard of a fairy in a long dress? With an exasperated sigh, I jerked on my wings, but they refused to budge. This only further amused the attendant, who openly chuckled. I glared at him, and when his attention shifted to my lap, I pulled down on my dress and gave him a scowl. Before I could straighten my wings, another valet appeared. He reached inside and unhooked my wing from the seatbelt, giving his co-worker a this-girl's-an-idiot smile. I was so pissed off, I refused to take his offered arm and instead followed him down the seat drive, wobbling in my four-inch pink hooker shoes. He paused before a set of double oak doors, then opened one of the doors and bowed low. I ignored him. With a sigh, I turned to face the foyer, and my mouth dropped open. It wasn't the great expanse of white marble floor or the Corinthian columns lining the walls or even the ornate tapestries that caused my disquietude. It was the fact that inside, this is a three-story mansion, and upon seeing it from the street, it appeared to be a one-story ranch house. I forced myself forward, the tapping of my heels against the marble echoing the palpitations of my heart. The vestibule flared into a giant receiving room where jackets and other unnecessary pieces of clothing were strewn this way and that, some lucky, lucky enough to have found a hanger. I continued to follow the sounds of music and laughter, wondering what in the hell I'd managed to get myself into this time. The hallway stopped at a wide set of stairs. Swallowing hard, I started up the steps. At the top of the staircase, I faced the grandest ballroom I'd ever seen. A white baby grand piano played itself, and Louis XIV armchairs and love seats decorated the, the perimeter of the room, the white marble floor paling against the ornate gold work of the furniture. There were people, the word people used lightly as they were not your average humans, everywhere, and all were in costume. I tried not to stare as a woman walked by, her entire body painted as if she were a snake. I couldn't help my gaze as it followed her. Yep, she was only wearing paint. I pulled my attention back to the main ballroom, my blood rushing through my head, pounding in my ears. Most of the people in the ballroom were dancing, and not the type of dancing I'm accustomed to. They were dancing on air, swaying as if an invisible floor were beneath their toes. Others stood along the sidelines watching the dancers, and no one seemed to be in the least alarmed, as if this was an everyday occurrence, and for all I knew, it probably was. My shock turned to fear. I slipped behind a marble column, trying to catch my breath. This was unreal, like nothing I'd ever seen before. The entire room seemed to be alive, vibrating with a foreign energy. There was a magic here that astounded me as much as it terrified me. I forced myself to inhale through my nose and exhale through my mouth until my heart started cooperating. Peeking out from behind the column, I noted the various costumes in an attempt to change the direction of my wayward thoughts. 
There were plenty of vampire costumes, some pirates, witches everywhere, and other beings I couldn't even begin to categorize. I didn't see any fairy costumes, though, and worried I'd stand out. I took a deep breath, settled myself, and started down the stairs. Searching the crowd for a familiar face, even that of Bella's would have been welcome at this point. Many eyes followed me, and I wondered if everyone knew I was a stranger and didn't belong. As I met the gazes of those in the room, not one person smiled. A dart of apprehension plunged through me. With their frowns and narrowed eyes, they looked downright hostile. Hello, Poppet. The voice next to my ear nearly made my heart stop. I whirled around, nearly losing my balance, courtesy of my ridiculous shoes, and found a vampire smiling at me. Well, that is, a man dressed as a vampire, and a damn good-looking one at that. My hand went to my heart to calm its sporadic beating, and he laughed at my reaction. I didn't intend to frighten you, he said with an English accent. My stomach flopped. I could honestly say I'd be happy never to meet another Englishman. He was tall, maybe 6'4 or so, and narrow, other than a pair of decently broad shoulders. His black hair was gelled back and almost looked blue when the light hit it at a certain angle. His face was well-defined, high cheekbones and largest eyes, largest eyes that were so light they appeared almost to be white. Upon further inspection, though, they were ice blue. He'd drawn a widow's peak on himself, doing quite a good job of assuming the persona of a vampire. I collected myself. You didn't frighten me. He reached for my hand, smiled as he took it in his, and brought it to his lips. I hadn't noticed until now that he had no aura, and his hand was as cold as his eyes. Hmm, very strange. Pleased to make your acquaintance, Miss. Wilkins. He swept his black cloak forward and bowed theatrically. Ah, Miss Wilkins, you are ravishing, if I may say so. You can call me Jolie. His expression changed then, and what appeared to be recognition flashed through his predatory eyes. He arched a dark brow and regarded me as if I was a Twinkie and he a fat kid. Ah, the witch Jolie, now I'm even more pleased to make your acquaintance. Unsettled by the fact that he knew who I was, my voice was shaky. And uh, who might you be? He bowed again. You may call me the Count. I laughed. Nice costume. You look the part. He grinned, and his canines lengthened before my eyes. I took a step back as my breath caught, seemingly too frightened to come out of my mouth. So vampires were real. Rand hadn't been sitting. I guess I looked frightened because he recoiled his fangs, attempting to set me at ease. His lips turned up in a grin, and warmth crawled up my neck. He was a feast to my eyes, and judging by the arc of his brows, he knew it. Don't be frightened. I mean you no harm. I've heard of your incredible talent. I hadn't heard of your incredible beauty, although I must say your frock is quite brave. I knew it was short, but there were costumes here that were easily more revealing than mine. As soon as the thought entered my head, a woman walked by sporting nothing more than two black pasties in the shape of witch hats covering her nipples and a pair of black thong underwear. I was dressed like a nun compared to her. (laughs) Brave, I laughed. He shook his head and made a tisking sort of noise. It appears our hostess did quite a lousy job of explaining Poppet. Why the hell did he keep calling me Poppet? If I were correct, it was a pet name in style hundreds of years ago. Well, I guess that answered the question of his age. I returned to the subject of my costume and Bella's lousy job in preparing me for the party. Maybe you can fill in where she failed? He chuckled and nodded, reaching for my arm to guide me to a vacant study not far from where we stood. His hand was void of heat and felt odd against my skin, cold. I had to fight the urge to pull away. Well, where to begin? This party was given by Isabella, as I imagine you already know. It's been congratulations for the vampires who have now joined ranks with the witches. I was confused already, and he'd only spoken two sentences. What? I managed unceremoniously. Hats off to the Count for not losing his cool. I took a seat beside him, and he rested his arm behind me, stretching out his long legs and crossing them at the ankles. Well, you're quite ill-informed. 
Bella has been trying to unite all the night creatures, all vampires, wolves, demons, fairies, a whole lot of them. The vampires decided it was a good idea, so we joined her union, and this party is in honor of that. Bella is hoping word will spread, and eventually we'll all join her cause. For what purpose? Ah, well, in the words of your honorable president, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Huh, so the good count knew of Abe Lincoln, maybe even knew him personally. I wonder what all of this could mean, why Bella would even want to unite all the other creatures. My attention returned to the friendly vampire, and I had to laugh. He was quite the cliché, being everything you'd picture a vampire to be, tall, good-looking, dark hair, light skin, and a riddler at that. That's why I was saying your frock or costume was brave, the vampire finished and looked down at me in expectation. I lost the train of thought and didn't want to appear dim-witted or slow, but it seems such would be the case. What was why you said my costume was brave? Well, the vampires are the only ones to have joined ranks with the witches. The fairies have undoubtedly given the union the most difficult time, so it goes without saying your costume requires a certain level of courage. Great. So I'd been here for less than 10 minutes, and I'd already managed to offend everyone. Off to a great start. I forced my attention back to the subject of the fairies while I thought this night couldn't get any weirder. So not only did fairies exist, but they wanted nothing to do with vampires or witches. I couldn't say I blamed them. Well, that would explain the unfriendly gestures in my direction. Indeed, it would. I would not let it chagrin you, though. As I said before, you're quite easy on the eyes. So now he was flattering me. Well, flattery would get him nowhere. I might be slow when it came to the interests of the fairies and the unionized vampires and witches, but I was no idiot when it came to people with hidden agendas, and this vampire had one. Well, thanks, but your charm won't work on me. I know it won't. You're as immune to my charm as I am to your witchcraft, he laughed, the sound deep and rumbling. I can't bewitch you, so anything you feel toward me is purely your own desire. Well, he certainly wasn't lacking in the vanity department. What do you mean? He shrugged. I can't use my vampire powers of persuasion on you, love, so whatever you're feeling is genuine. How do you know I'm feeling anything toward you, I asked, my tone biting. He leaned closer to me, and I held my ground, not wanting him to think I couldn't. He came inches from my throat and inhaled deeply. It took all my gumption to sit there and allow him to do so. I can smell the desire coming off you, my pet. It is the headiest of all perfumes. He inhaled again as if to prove his point. I pulled away from him. Unless you would rather grace someone else with your less than thrilling company, lay off. No need to grow angry, love. I'm not angry, I said, and the lie sounded stupid to my own ears. The vampire just smiled. So my powers won't work on any other worldly creatures, I asked, ignoring him and the fact that he was right. I was lusting after him. He shook his head, a deep chuckle resonating through him. You're quite a new witch, aren't you? All of this should have been explained to you. No, your powers will work on others, just not on vampires. We're immune to one another. I nodded and decided to pay attention to my first mental note, that being trying to find out why Count Dracula had such an interest in me. First things first, find out his real name. Your name can't really be Count, I said, hoping he wouldn't riddle with me on that front. He cocked an elusive brow. It's not every day I get to act the part of Count Dracula. What do you think of the costume? I think it's pretty good, but it's not very original. He pressed his pale hands to his heart, feigning heartache, and I had to give it to him. He'd make a good actor. Well, for all I knew, maybe he'd been one. If I didn't know better, I'd say you're avoiding the question, I continued. Excuse my poor manners, puppet. Send you Sinclair at your service, he said with an orchestrated bow. I'll end there. And that... <laughs> you know, HP, um, this isn't just Dome's favorite scene in book one. Um, I will say the chat room kind of exploded. <laughs> it's totally exploded. I've been watching it right now. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it totally exploded. So 
First of all, you've already made a couple of converts here, people that are going to run out and buy your books, like, tonight. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, and Thank I just want to shout out and uh, and say that we're going to have our Amazon affiliate links for all of HP's books up on the post that accompanies this podcast. And if you would buy them from that link, um, you would be supporting us, and maybe then we could throw some more money at Firefly. <laughs> 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 Um, there were a couple of questions in here. Um, somebody, and I don't see who, was asking when the next Dulcie book was going to come out. Oh, Rem8242 asked when the next Dulcie book is coming out. Um, so the next Dulcie book, I'm currently working on it right now. It should be out around March or April, but for sure, I'm, I'm going to be coming out with a short story that will be in an anthology with a couple other uh, indie authors, and that will be out March 1, and that will be a Dulcie story. So, so you don't I'll have too long have to wait. No, uh-uh, not long at all. And the next question from the chat room is from, please, I hope I'm saying this right, Mybeline. Maybelline could be either. Maybelline? It, well, it kind of looks like Maybelline to me. I don't know. I could be totally uh, wrong. Why can't you be true? Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Maybe well, she's born with it. it. I don't know. Um, nice. <laughs> 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 okay, she's, May is fine. Um, so <laughs> May asks, um, what do you use, if any, as an inspiration for writing? What or who is your muse? Oh, um, you know, I don't, it's funny. I don't really have someone in mind necessarily when I write people. For me, like when I write Rand or when I write Simeon, I, I don't necessarily think of an actor or a model or somebody. I just, like I said before, I, it sounds so dumb, but... I just think about, okay, how can I make this guy sound hot? And then I just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous. I know. That's the worst answer ever, I know, but... No, it's I a great guess. answer. Are you kidding? No, but when you were saying puppet, I kept thinking of Spike from Buffy, because he used... He used yeah. Puppet. Oh, did he? You know, it's funny, because I used to be a huge um, historical... I guess, well, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, the historical uh, romance reader... And I just remember that way back when, I guess that term was pretty big. And so that was one of the things that I took out of my romance novels that I used to read. I just, I, I don't know why. I just love the term poppet. Okay, you, kind of funny. you have one of our regular listeners, Maynard Winter, actually taking notes at this point. And I noticed that uh, <laughs> another one of our uh, listeners in the chat room, Ted Bronson, uh, is, is looks like he's taken the recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, so this is at least now two of our regular listeners who are, who are saying they're going to go out there and grab your books. Yeah. Oh, just, well, thank you, guys. I, re- I'll I just hope say you this. like them, and I really appreciate it. I'll just say this. Uh, Dub threw me over uh, a copy, and uh, I hadn't gotten a chance to read it, but it's the first book that I put onto my brand-new Kindle that I got about an hour ago. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> thank you. So I just want to say a quick shout-out. We have in the chat room... Our regulars, Maynard Winter, Ted Bronson, love you, Mwah. May, M.D. Christie, no, Nonia, God, usernames are hard to pronounce, <laughs> and, and Rem8242, our chat room is like exploded tonight, but we love totally. you all, please come and listen again. Um, no, no, no Nana Belandra? 
at least. No, no Nana Belanger. Um, not, not this week. Or if there are guests in the chat room, they can't chat, but if they logged into Ustream, we could see who they were and shout out to them, too. So, uh, we love well, you I'm all. Yeah, thank you. I also want to shout out to, I do uh, recognize May and MD. So thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate it. So as, as our regular oh, listeners have been converted to you, so have your regular readers been converted to us, I hope. Exactly. <laughs> 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 right. And one of the things that I would suggest to the uh, people listening in the chat room and who will be checking us out on iTunes uh, later on in the week, uh, not only when you comment on, on tonight's show, comment on our webpage, but uh, also uh, shoot on over to uh, HP's Facebook page. And yeah, say crazy. hi. And let her know yeah, you heard her here. Now. And, and you know what? I just want to throw this out here because we have so many people listening live tonight. Um, if you have an idea of somebody like HP or anyone that you've read that you're like, holy crap, this person blows my mind, send it over. Send over a name if you have contact information, even if you don't. Email it to Kriana at sci-fi Saturday night.com, X at sci-fi Saturday night.com, the dome at sci-fi Saturday night.com, or use the email link on our website, or post it in a comment or on our Facebook or you know Twitter. Or on the website or anywhere. You know, <laughs> really anywhere. Uh, but we will try to get them on. Yeah, graffiti easily seen from Google Earth. <laughs> I, I mean I mean we can only talk to people we've heard of and we would always love to hear who you love. So Absolutely. let us know. Absolutely. Now, HP, you have, you have to promise us that when the new books come out, that you're going to come back and you're going to grace us I with your presence will. again. Absolutely. <laughs> I, because you know what? I'm sitting here and I am dying for the next book to come out. And I also have to get your other series started. Yeah, yeah. He is dying. Yeah, well, thank you so much for thank you for the invitation. I, I definitely, I'd love to come back for sure, and I hope you like the other series. Well, I I am going to start reading To Kill a Warlock tomorrow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, a fan would start tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, and all you guys out in the chat room, as you're reading it, drop your comments in. Let us know, and if you're not connected to HP, we'll make sure that she gets the comments as well. <laughs> MD Christie says, you guys are going to love Dulcie. She's a tough cookie. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Awesome. Don't forget, anyone who, anyone who comments on our show on, on our website gets entered into the wheel of Random Noun. That's Wait, what are we giving oh. away this week? Are we giving away something cool? Next week, we're giving away uh, Forbidden Book Volume 1 and 2. An autographed copy of 23 Skidoo, uh, some oh Star God. Trek temporary tattoos, and a Cartoon Network bender glass. Write wow. all that down so you See, don't forget it. David Letterman only it. gives you a ham. That's right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, you know what? Rem8242 um, brought up a good point. The artwork on your website and on your books is awesome. Love it. Who does it? Do you well, do it? Thank you. I yeah, I can't take total credit for it. Um, it's funny because I, when I was thinking of doing as a self-published author, I mean, the the thing that I think everybody should be aware of is that 
all marketing, everything is completely up to the author. So um, indie authors who put their books up there, they have to figure out the covers and all that kind of stuff. So what I was going for is because I feel like my books have sort of a, a light feel to them and they're kind of funny but sexy and sort of scary, it hopefully it also, I wanted art that sort of had that feel to it. So... Um, what I ended up doing is I found the pictures of the people on the covers um, on a stock photo site. So I purchased those, and then in Photoshop, I just added them to the sort of halloween backgrounds, and then I added the text, and I gave Rand some red eyes, and I gave Sinjin some teeth, and, and voila, there they are. So it's not my art, unfortunately. I, I can't say that I am the artist, but I did do the design and layout. Well, gee, I'm, I'm wondering if we could hook you up with someone for for original artwork. To, uh, uh, golly, we don't know. We we, we know a ton of artists, and that's putting it mildly. Uh, cough, cough. Well, uh. I think on the thing that's kind of for the next three Jolie books, since they're coming from Random House, I guess they're they have their own artists who they're going to use. Um, but for the Dulcie books, um, yeah, that would be great. I mean, I I was just planning on kind of continuing the the uh, covers as I have been doing, but I would definitely. Hey, here's a thought. Yeah, where are you located anyway? Oh, I'm in California. Oh, darn it. Yeah, Yeah, we were hoping you'd be in the the New England area to come out to Boston Comic Con or something. Yeah, you know, I've heard really uh, good things about that. So even though I'm far away, I am planning on taking some trips and hopefully doing some book signings and things like that here pretty soon. So I definitely would not rule that out. Well, if we could convince you to come to Boston Comic Con, by the way, which we are the official podcast of. That's right. Oh, nice. You're here. Um... I would I would strongly encourage you to do it because it is a very okay. good show and we would definitely you know what I'm just thinking right now is Tracy Lee Quinn would totally fit her style perfectly <laughs> or Brian Belanger whoever that might Brian be Brian Belanger hmm yeah he might just he might just might just do it well I, I'm thinking though you don't need just one cover you could have a whole bunch of covers comic books do it so. Why not? Yeah, yeah. No, and plus, I I still, like I said before, I'm really eager about the um, graphic novel thing. So. Oh, yeah, that would that would be yeah, great. Now, you know, it's be... funny, too, because as I'm reading this, I, I was thinking to myself, this would make an awesome graphic novel. It really, really would. Yes. Yeah, I think, well, initially what I was thinking is, I, I because I don't think I can do anything with the Jolie series since, of you know, because of the um, Random House deal, but the Dulcie series, I feel like might be, might lend itself better. You'll have to tell me once you, once you read it if you think it might be a better candidate for cool. a graphic novel. Cool, I, I absolutely like will. Kind of, yeah, I think it's just... I, for some reason, I don't know why. I just feel like it might lend itself better. Okay, so the chat room says that they would like alternate covers and then a book gallery of the covers. Oh, Woo! and then yeah, and then they idea. totally agree that graphic novels would be fabulous. So so he so here's the thing. Let's send out a wave right now. Yeah, you guys. And to all of our artist friends who listen to the cast every week, Frankie B, I'm talking to you. Yeah, Frankie uh, would be great at this. X. Tracy. Uh, Tracy. Sarah. 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 Nicole. Nicole would be great at this. Nicole, Let's put together uh, a, a gallery and put it up on the website. The, after oh, you do our, our fan art of us, that is. So get on that if you haven't 
Well, here, Nicole's here. still very cool. Nicole's still waiting for the uh, for the reference art. <laughs> you have them. I do. Yeah. Maybe I do. I don't you know. Do. She knows us. I know. Yeah, She's seen our faces. Yet. She's our friend on Facebook. Come on. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I love you, Nicole. <laughs> yes, I want to look like Carl Santana. <laughs> <Right>. Again. <laughs> okay, if you haven't seen the selection of us that Frankie B. Washington turned into superheroes, go head on over to our website in our image galleries and check that out because it's just too much fun. Is or just look at our color? icons on the sci-fi saturday night.com website. Well, no, that, that was you, sense? Illustrator X. Yes. Huh? No, I, I think it's up there. I think I put it up there. I don't think it is, but that's okay. No? If it isn't, make sure oh, no. it gets oh. up. Frankie B. didn't get the whole cast. No, he did. I, that's why I said a selection of yep. us. There you go. <laughs> I, I think he's doing another one with all of us. So anyhow, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's not up there. I'm such a liar. Really? And, uh, well, yes. <laughs> oh, thank Ladies you and gentlemen, so Brianna is really Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh. Or Amelia Earhart, one or the other. Not sure which. <laughs> HP, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was just a joy talking to you. It's a joy meeting you. It's so much fun reading your books. And I think the guys in the chat room agree with me. Well, thank you guys. I, I'm, this is my first uh, public speaking event, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty excited, and definitely I really appreciate the invitation, and um, you guys have been awesome, so thank you so much. And if you, when you do your big book tour with, with your big book publisher, and you do a reading in, in the New England area, we're coming. Oh, we're yeah. Awesome. We're so Hands there. Down. <laughs> I have one more question from the Peanut Gallery. X, would you like to announce the uh, results of your contest that you've been plugging? Oh, I was going to mention that during the calendar. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, I do not have the results. All I can tell you is that uh, I lost by a landslide. <laughs> but, but I do want to thank uh, just a big, big thank you to everyone who voted for me for Illustrator X at the uh, TalentHouse.com contest for Stanley and Todd McFarlane's superhero contest. Thank you so much. I had so many more votes than I even expected. I really appreciate it. And I just want to say, hey, this contest may be over, but there's others coming up, man. I am going to be in the contest to redesign the Donna Karen logo. Queen is looking for artists to redesign their T-shirts. Shut I'm... up. No, I shan't. <laughs> and uh, I will not be drawing Paul I am going to be entering these contests, so you will hear about those first year at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. All right. Did we, did we cover everything? God, I think no, so. No, but you know what? doesn't matter we got to do the calendar <laughs> lady can we get some background music please oh right am i supposed to do something <laughs> that, would, that would be now yeah. nice. don't you take me home tonight <laughs> oh, down beside that red fire line Oh, you gonna let it all hang out that bottom girls you make the rocking world go right Ladies and gentlemen, Awake by Java is officially drunk. Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Time for the calendar, X. <laughs> All right. Next week, filmmaker Blake Freeman is a skeptical eye towards alien psychics and silliness with his documentary film God Bless America. Then on March 5th, Boston Comic-Con artist and king of the sketch cards, Tyler James. Woo! And on March 12th, oh, the title says it all, folks, author Nick Redfern on his book, The NASA Conspiracies. Boy. The truth. Buckle up, kids. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. The truth behind the moon landings, censored photos, and the face on Mars. X, you're fading here. I am very excited. X! Creator of Strangers in Paradise Woo! and Echo and one of the great indie comic creators of all time, Terry Moore will be on. What? Yes! Who did that? You did. I did indeed, and You're... I'll do it again. Oh, baby. My Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con coming up on April 30th and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim Shaw at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is one of the official podcasts of the Granite State Comic-Con coming up on May 15th. Check out anotherheaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs, and visit adamsmedia.com, the first name in nonfiction publishing. Also, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the very first podcast that H.P. Mallory has ever been on. Let's hear it for that. Yeah. Woo! Yeah! We popped her podcast cherry. Hi. <laughs> uh, tonight's outro music <laughs> is provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Don't. Uh, great thanks to our paranormal research romance writer, H.P. Mallory. God, it's been a pleasure having you on, darling. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Art Kriana. Thank you, darling. Ah, oh, I need. I was saying, don't let the space bugs bite. But it was too <laughs> quiet. From the Four Color <laughs> Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Hey, after that reading, tonight I am definitely fracking you. No, oh, baby. <laughs> I guess I'll be in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey, our gaming editor, awake by Java, drunk again, and singing from Glee. <laughs> All I've got to say is this. <laughs> oh, jeez. Everybody dance and drink. Our shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Lost of quality.